So it's interesting that like that part of your life is celebrated, but then everything that comes after is like built in shame. <laughs> Welcome. You're listening to the Young Changemakers podcast. In these episodes, your co-hosts, Sarah, George, and Anastasia, will be talking to passionate young individuals from around the world to explore how they are making lasting impact in their local communities. So cozy up, listen in, because inspiring stories are waiting to be heard and power lies within youth. Hello, everyone. Hope you are safe, happy, well, Anastasia here for the second episode of season three, What a Milestone. I know when I was part of the second season, I could not even fathom getting through what was 2020. And here we are in 2021. It's amazing. On a more personal question, how are you? How are you really? I've been really reflective lately. I started journaling. I haven't done it since like July, I think last year. And that was honestly only briefly. Lately, I've been really thinking about what are the top three things I've been grateful for the day. I think I've been really conscious about my day and reflecting on those small things. I really feel and believe that these small things are important and they should be celebrated and stuff that we're proud of. Stuff like making your favorite breakfast or making the time to do a workout. What are the three things you're grateful for? Take a bit of a think about it. Small little pockets of mindfulness are so vital to get us through the day I know there are so many of us around the world who are still in lockdown. My heart goes out for you and hopefully we can be able to get through it. Okay, let's bring it back to the Young Changemakers podcast. For this episode, it is a topic very close to my heart um, on menstruation, sexual and reproductive health. I sit down virtually, of course, with the amazing Vinari and Mandiella to talk on personal and technical level of what menstruation is and how important Uh, sexual health and consent is actually in our worlds you'll tell by that conversation that nothing and I mean nothing is off limits it's a good one Um, this is a great conversation honestly for everyone so we're talking women men non-binary people please come listen and you know really have a have a little bit of think about um, what we're talking about both of them are actually educators in our flagship 2021 Global Changemakers Menstruation, Sexual and Reproductive Health course. Um, and it goes into so much greater detail uh, on the discussions mentioned in the podcast. Let's get into it and really hope that you enjoy it. Okay, hello, ladies. Thank you so much for making the time to come onto the podcast. We are all so happy to have you on board, um, especially for us talking about the discussion of, you know, menstruation on sexual and health and all that kind of stuff. Maybe we'll get started of introducing you both. Maybe Madeleine can go first. Yeah. Um, so I would like to, to say hello to everyone that is listening to us. Um, It is really great to have the the opportunity to chat with these two amazing ladies and about a topic that the the three of us really care about. Um, So as Anastasia just said, my name is Madalena. I'm 23 years old and I'm from Portugal. I'm a medical student uh, and this is my last year of medical school and 
I thought that I maybe I can start from from here. Um, so what motivated me to choose uh, to study medicine at first? Uh, I think it was the, the passion for understanding how does our body work and with that uh, kind of knowledge to um, be able to improve in some way the quality of life of others. Um, at the time, it sounded kind of kind of magical, and well, sometimes it it still does. Um, but yeah, I think it it was that. And I'm also passionate about education, and I truly believe that we can only educate uh, the population successfully when they, ha they have uh, their basic needs guaranteed. So in, in other words, uh, we can only learn if we are healthy enough for it. Um, so uh, when we are not hungry, when our body and our mind are, are healthy enough for it. So only with these conditions, we can be able um, to focus and to, to learn. So this has been the main focus of, of the work that I've been doing, um, that is promoting health and health education because they are both uh, so connected. And uh, inside of this infinite world that is uh, health education, I can say that my favorite things maybe are um, mental health and sexual health. Um, so really briefly, I also want to say that uh, I had the, the chance to, to get involved in the, the Students Association at my university uh, when I first entered. And uh, there I found a place in a group of people that shared my passion for health education. And we had some projects in schools with children from 10 to 18 years old where we got the chance to bring them some topics like sexuality, addictive behaviors, physical activity, mental health, etc., creating um, a safe space for them to learn and to ask questions. Um, so in 2019, I participated in the Global Youth Summit uh, with Anastasia, <laughs> being now part of this huge family. And currently I'm one of the teachers of the menstruation, sexual and reproduction, uh, reproductive health course that motivated uh, at first this conversation. And I'm really, really happy about it. Wow, thank you for that introduction, Madalena. I think our listeners are just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> an amazing woman. I mean, that's a hard act to follow. I love like some of the things that you'd mentioned in there around like, you know, the importance around community and how you found that within your community at university. Um, I mean, like you had mentioned, we were at, you know, G the Global Change Maker Summit, what a mouthful, Global Change Maker Summit back in 2019 and, you know, being able to connect with like-minded people there. And exactly that, what you mentioned, you know, the whole reason for our conversation today is really about, it came from the great course that yourself Nuri and um, a couple of other people had, you know, created. So I'm very excited to jump into the cat today. Maybe Vinuri, if you could be able to jump in there, introduce yourself to, um, love to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on today. Um, I'm. This is honestly such a huge passion of mine. So I'm really, really excited to continue this conversation um, after kind of doing that through the sexual uh, menstruation, sexual and reproductive health course. Um, so my name is Vinari. I was born and raised in Sri Lanka um, and I moved to the US when I was 18 for 
uh, for college and I've been here since then. Um, I actually started Blurred Lines, um, which is a campaign talking about consent and healthy relationships primarily um, after I attended the Global Changemaker Summit in 2016. Um, and the reason that I kind of wanted to talk about it is because in college, I started hearing stories of sexual abuse um, and one of my roommates actually just hearing all of the after effects that someone goes through or um, not really after effects, but just like the trauma and like the mental health issues that they suffer from after something like this was just heartbreaking. And I realized that a lot of it started with the fact that people didn't understand what consent was and how to give consent, how to measure consent and how to have like healthy conversations around um, you know, sexual intimacy. So that's kind of what motivated me to start this. Um, and since then, I've gotten the opportunity to um, work with some schools in DC, along with um, some of the um, like legislative bodies, like the Department of Justice, which was really cool just to meet a different set of people that are a part of um, keeping, you know, perpetrators responsible for their actions. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited um, and I'm excited about the course. It's such a good course because it brings together so many key points. You have like menstruation and you have like contraception and like abortion and um, things like that, just giving you a more holistic perspective on this conversation because a lot of times it's just, you know, schools don't do that, including in the US. Um, and even in college, like I remember doing like a sexual like abuse like course, um, bef like before I started my undergrad. And it was just like a multiple choice, like there really was not enough information, not enough information about resources in the area. So um, that's kind of why I wanted to start talking about this topic. Amazing. No, thank you so much for going through that. I love as well that you um, started Blurred Lines. Like that's a whole thing I feel like, especially for today. And there's all these different movements about like Me Too and all that kind of stuff that's so relevant right now. Um, and I love that you're doing the kind of work and we'll definitely discuss that and deep dive into that more. Um, I thought one of the ways that we can get started with this conversation is maybe just even like reflecting back to our first experience with menstruation. So I personally remember the very first time that I got my period was when I was at school. We used to have like swimming lessons and I literally didn't know what was happening. Um, and I mean, I went to a girl's school and it was like still something that we had talked about, but I still didn't realize like, oh my God, this is happening now. Um, turned out, I think looking back, it might've just been my hymen breaking, not necessarily actually me getting my period because I didn't actually get like the full period period until, I think I didn't get it until like eight months later or something. So Anyway, that's like an interesting reflection that I had. Maybe, you know, if, if you guys remember the first time that you got yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's an amazing question. Sorry, Henry. Um, that's an amazing question um, for us to talk about our personal journey. Um, so I remember that I had my, my period for the first time at 13. 
Um, but I, it wasn't, I think it wasn't a, a surprise for me. I was kind of expecting it because I have an older sister who had already uh, been through that uh, by that time. So I was, I was kind of expecting it. Um, but actually, I, I can't remember if by then I had already um, heard about menstruation at school. So I, I was 13, so it was supposed to. Um, but if so, it was always like in a purely biological or functional um, approach and never in a more practical approach and directed to young girls who were about to, to enter puberty. Um, and we would uh, benefit a lot from some advice and some explanation uh, about something so needed as menstrual menstruation management, for example, um, and about the change that the changes that we were about to to go through. And I think this approach is is fundamental uh, when we are about to start this this phase of your life. Um, I have uh, about my my first uh, period. I have this funny story uh, about the the day I got it. Uh, so I called my mom, telling her um, that I got my period. And uh, at the time she was having lunch with some friends. And I remember she yelled on the phone, my, my daughter just got her period. And I felt so, so ashamed, so embarrassed. <laughs> uh, and and this, this story is, well, it's funny. I, I sometimes I, I tell it, but uh, I think one of the, the things that perpetuates the, the stigma is really this idea that still exists that the period is disgusting, that we are ashamed of it, that uh, we don't want anyone to know that we have it. Um, and this is and this is such a wrong idea, you know, because menstruation is a perfectly normal event in, in a woman's body. Um, so uh, that prepares, that just prepares your body for, for a potential pregnancy that may or may not. Um, happen and I think it was just when I, I went to university that I I started to to be less ashamed of talking about it uh, because the more I learned about uh, menstruation the more I understand how it works uh, the more I could share my knowledge with others um, and trying to to break some barriers you know around it um, and sometimes I, I give this example um, that we usually ask for, like for a pad or for a tampon, like if it was a secret, like, sorry, can you just, like just like you have, have, yeah. you, you feel the need to say it uh, like that, but um, asking for a pad or for a tampon is no different from asking for a tissue when your nose is bleeding, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so I just want to, to say this, this idea uh, so you to can think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so true. I love that analogy of like, oh yeah, it's just like asking for a tissue if your nose is bleeding. Like it's the same thing. It really is the same thing. Like it's just a bodily function. Um, and you know, that's, that's kind of what happens. I completely agree as well. I think only in universities when I really was like, okay, with talking about um, my period and um yeah, like it, it definitely is like it's been a journey of um, kind of like my self-acceptance of like, yeah, this is totally fine. Um, maybe Venuri, if you could be able to share your experience, if you feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, mine was also kind of steeped in all this like ritual things that my family um, wanted to do. So that itself was a little 
interesting and also embarrassing. So I remember when I first got my period, I was, I know we had a, had a conversation because I had friends who had gone through it, but it, I was still very confused. Um, and then, so in Sri Lanka, like my parents did this thing where like for two weeks you stay indoors um, and mine was two, it's usually a week, but mine was two weeks because they had to find an auspicious time to have this like little ceremony. Um, and so I had to stay indoors for two weeks. Um, and like they tried to limit certain foods that I ate and apparently that's supposed to help with like cramps and things like that going forward. Um, all of my, all of the clothes that I was wearing on the day that I got my period had to be given away to this lady, um, who kind of did the ritual. Um, and then like, they had kind of like a ceremony, um, after, <laughs> after the two weeks was over and then I got a bunch of jewelry and stuff, which I guess was kind of fun, <laughs> but <laughs> it was just, um, it was weird and like my mom said like in some in some homes like the girls can't see any males for that time that they're um you know indoors with mine like I still saw my brother and my uh my dad it wasn't a big deal but um it was still kind of you know um I didn't really understand the the entire point of it um but I also um, wanted to talk about like the, the hiding pads thing because that's something I know like even my mom she does like I sometimes when she has her period I'll like shadow be like you have your period just to kind of take away the stigma that she feels like it's something that she needs to hide um, because like even when you go to the grocery store or to like buy pads or even just asking someone else to buy it for you like I remember for a long time like asking my brother or my dad to do it like she was very uncomfortable with it and I was like but why like it's not you know it's not something that you need to be uncomfortable about um and and in school like the way we would pass the pad it's like we would hide it under a book and then like quickly shove it in and then run to the bathroom and like thinking back I'm like we didn't even realize that there was so much shame in that and that we felt like we needed to hide it um but no, I, I absolutely echo that. It's a bodily function. And um, and I was going to say something else when he said, oh yeah, like when um, Madalena said that her mom kind of screamed like, oh, she, uh, we, it was kind of like the same thing too. It's like, it, we called it like becoming a big girl. And I guess that's <laughs> the whole, so it's interesting that like that part of your life is celebrated, but then everything that comes after is like built in shape. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was my experience with it. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. I love how you put it as well. Like Madalena talking about it being like an analogy of like getting a tissue with the pad and then you just get giving that great um, little nugget of like, it's a moment that's celebrated of like you becoming a woman, but then suddenly it's all this shame that comes with it. And it's just ingrained. Like we don't even, it's not even taught. It's just, you happen just because you're like mimicking the behavior of everyone else around you. Um, it reminds me as well, actually, I just remembered after I got it and I remember coming home. Um, so my mom is Indonesian. Um, my dad 
Serbian. So my mum's Indonesian and she is like a tradition in Indonesian culture, similar where like there'll be a ceremony and like cool food. So we had yellow rice and like cool chicken and all this like random stuff. And yeah, it's like a, ce- like it's a celebration. But then yeah, as soon as after, it's just like keep it on the down low, hush, hush. So like um, Ramadan is coming up, for example. So I'm also Muslim. And even that time, like girls actually who are fasting don't need to, um, who have their period don't need to fast. So it's like, even that is like, oh, don't tell them, like pretend you're fasting. It's like, no, like I'm allowed to eat as well. Like it's my right. So it's just interesting the way that, yeah, society kind of shapes the way that we internalize like all of this stuff. And it's like a normal thing that, that happens. So I love that we've all gone on this journey and coming out on the other side in, the, in a good way. Um, maybe Madalena from like more of a medical standpoint. Um, honestly, I don't really know what happens when I have my period. I just know that blood comes out and that's that. Um, maybe you can explain a little <laughs> bit more about what happens there. Okay, so I, I can try to to explain it, but like in a really simple way. And um, <laughs> who is listening wants to know more um they can only uh, they can uh, enroll the course and try to to get to, to know more i think it's <laughs> it's good uh, so I, I was saying before that the, the, the menstrual cycle uh, is a regular natural change it's completely normal that occurs in the female body uh, and it occurs in the female reproductive system and it makes pregnancy possible. That's the, the main goal. So uh, it occurs the first time around 12 and 13 years old. And uh, it stops um, around 50, 52 years old when the menopause op- happens. Um, so um, we have uh, this set of hormones uh, whose blood concentration uh, varies uh, over the menstrual cycle. cycle and which causes uh, changes that the changes that occur uh, during it. So uh, in the ovaries, uh, we have an egg that will develop and it, it will be expelled through ovulation into the fallopian tubes. So at the same time, the uterus is getting prepared for pregnancy. So it gets thicker um, to prepare to, to receive the, the, implant, um, the implant egg. So if the egg is fertilized by sperm, then a pregnancy occurs. Uh, but if it isn't, then, <laughs> then uh, a layer, this layer that got thicker of the uterus um, sheds. So it, lead, it leads to menstruation, to the bleeding that, that we have. Uh, and the cycle repeats itself every month in an individual pattern. And this is important to to notice. It is an individual pattern. So uh, it can be more regular, less regular, depending on the woman. Um, And it usually lasts around 28 days. But again, it depends on the woman. And that's it, basically. Hi there, we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. There's a lot more that we can do. The Global Change Maker's mission is to support youth to create positive change towards more inclusive, fair and sustainable communities. We do this by providing skills development, capacity building, mentoring and grants. Head to our website, globalchangemakers.net to learn more. 
Now, on with the rest of the episode. I guess for the both of you as well, like um, one of the probably the biggest challenges that I face, like whenever I have my period is whenever I have like cramps, I have cravings, I'm probably going to get my period soon. So I'm feeling like pimples coming up. The listeners can't see, but guys, there's a really bad pimple right under my nose. Um, what <laughs> currently, um, I mean, for, for you both, like what are you um, experiencing? Like if you have any challenges with the period and then um, I think maybe you cover this in the course, Madalena, but like what are some of the ways in which we can, yeah, kind of like cool down any of those um, uncomfortable experiences? Okay. Um, so just like you, I also suffer a lot uh, with cramps in the first days of, of my period and the pimples, of, of course. <laughs> um, and I always have some heavy bleedings in the, in the first days. Um, but this is, this is really common um, to, to happen. For example, uh, there's the, the premenstrual syndrome, uh, also known as PMS, that occurs in around um, of in in a, up to to around ten uh, percent of the women that that menstruate, and it is usually characterized by abdominal pain, um, headaches, breast tenderness, um, gastrointestinal changes, migraine, mood swings. Well, all of that, um, and all the good the, things. All the good things. <laughs> Um, but but the, the important message that, that I would like to, to transmit is that in the presence of these symptoms, of these clinical manifestations that are not well tolerated or that impact uh, life quality, um, we should see a doctor, a specialized doctor, uh, so that uh, therapy that aims to to relieve the symptoms can be can be performed because we should not live in pain. Um, and um, I would say that some ways to, to take care of our body during menstruation is just that um, that I just said uh, to search for help if you need help. Um, if you need to improve your, the quality of life, the menstruation shouldn't be a terrifying event each month and you shouldn't be in pain. Um, and I think I would say that is important for us to, to choose the menstrual hygiene product that brings uh, us the most comfort. Uh, it can be a pad, a tampoon, a menstrual cup, a reusable pad. Uh, there are a lot of options, uh, but always follow the specific instructions of the, the product that you are using. Uh, for example, you have you should change your tampon or your pad each eight hours. You should uh, boil your menstrual cup um, before, after and before each cycle. So uh, it is really, really important not to neglect hygiene care during menstruation. And I would say that those two things are the most important. Nice. So that's a great one to highlight um, just about like the importance of, you know, if you are feeling not great to check out, check it out with the doctor. Um, I had a friend, guys, I'm going to forget the name of it. It starts with an E. You probably know, Madalena, the, the endomosis. Oh, gosh. Endomosis? Yes, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So she um, ended up having that. Like she had really, really bad period pain and, and that kind of thing. So it's just interesting how like 
you know, you kind of just deal with it. And as a woman, you just kind of think, okay, I just need to suck it up. This is a typical thing, but actually it's, if there's something wrong, there is probably. Yeah. Right? Exactly. yeah it's, it's my, my period. So I usually have this pain. So, well, but, but it's, it shouldn't be like that. Exactly. Um, maybe Vinuri, if you could be able to share like any of your experiences of your period and how you personally like try to overcome yeah um so mine usually it lasts about seven days six to seven days and like the first two days are were um and but honestly like my pain it's never been to the point where it's gotten really bad it's mostly just cramps I'll break out a little bit. Um, I'll be annoyed at people just because I'm in pain. And I, and I, especially when I have stuff to do and I can't just like lie in bed or just sit down for a couple hours. Um, and I just wanted to talk a little bit about, because you, uh, Madalena, you mentioned different ways, um, you know, people use tampons, people use pads, menstrual cups. Um, and I think, like growing up, I know for me, like pads was what I was told to use. Um, like tampons was a big no-no because it's inserted inside. And um, coming from the culture that I came from, like that was seen as, you know, like your hymen can break or something. And it was like, oh no, like something's going inside, bad. Should only use pads. Um, and I feel like that's a common conversation that especially in um certain communities that they have and it's important you know to this day like I've used a tampon but I still resort to pads just because now it's gotten to the point where that's familiar but I've had so many friends saying that you know finally they 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 decided to use a tampon and it's so much more comfortable for them um and you know they were almost kind of like forced to pick this other alternative that um just because of this misunderstanding of, you know, your hymen breaking or just kind of ridiculous idea. Um, so it's really important that you, you know, take the time to kind of research a little bit about the different options and using one that's most comfortable you for you and, you know, um, doesn't add any more of all of the stuff that you're going through and just eases it as much as possible. Yeah, 100% agree. Like, um, in terms of like the different like ways that you can be hygienic with your period, it's crazy how from when we're younger that only using pads is like the way to go. And that's the, and that's really all, you know, and you know, okay, tampons exist, but I'm not going to go down that route. Um, so I started using actually a cup like last two years ago that like, being honest with you guys, like sometimes I'm using it, sometimes I'm not. There's a little bit yeah. of use it because you need to make sure that you've got like a bathroom to clean it and that kind of thing. But I still remember the first conversation I had with my mom when I was talking about it and she was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Exactly what you were saying. It's inserting. What the heck is going on? Why are you putting something up there? Um, but for me, like I really, I really do like, like it in terms of it not having to constantly change it and you know it being like more practical but at the same time like there are definitely like me living in a first world country having access to clean water like that gives me the chance to be able to use it but someone living in like a third world country water is dirty like obviously that's not possible so there's also you know obviously different nuances and um different things at play it's yeah but it's interesting that like 
as children and you know as teenagers like we're only just known okay this is the only choice and that's how it is so it's crazy how it goes. yeah and just to plug in like um I also started using thinks like their period underwear and I think they're really great um one as well like if you're worried about like sustainability um and you're uncomfortable inserting something up there <laughs> um they're <laughs> They're a really good one. Um, and I've had mine for about a year now and I'm really happy with the, the product um, and definitely reduces how many pads that I use. I still occasionally use them, um, but yeah, I just wanted to <laughs> right, no, that's a good talk one. about them. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good one. I, I feel like, like those types of things are definitely great alternatives. There's also the reusable pads too. Um, but I watched, I remember watching like a BuzzFeed video. I think it was BuzzFeed one. And it was like the pad, the reusable pad, like it turns, this girl was like talking about her experience and she was saying like, it always turns over cause it's heavy. And then, yeah. So oh. I didn't give it a try, but I like the idea of the, the, and the underwear. That's good. Um, that's awesome. That's good. Um, great. So we've talked a little bit about menstruation, love the topic, love that we're women, but this is a safe space pivoting a little bit more to other topics as well, relating more to like sexual health and a little bit more on like just basically some of the, I think, you know, Venera, you kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier around consent and, and that kind of thing. I think for me, um, coming from a context of Australia, so just recently um, in Australia, the Australian of the year was a woman who was a child sexual abuse survivor. And then as a result of like that, that moment, there was all of these accusations that had come out of the government that actually people within the government were actually sexually abused and they weren't giving consent. And it's really making waves um, in the current like state in Australia. So that's just like my personal experience of like seeing this change. Um, would love to hear from you, Veneri, like with the conversations that you've been having, you know, in all the lessons that you're doing in DC, how have you seen this topic of like consent and sexual assault and all that kind of thing like progress like over the last couple of years that you've been doing it yeah I think um I think really after the Harvey Weinstein point there was a change in talking about these issues because you had big celebrities kind of making it known what happened to them and also this it kind of broke down this idea that like it can like it can happen to anyone it really truly can and um and I think that's kind of where it started and then there was the huge R. Kelly case um so I think more people I remember that yeah that was a yeah it was a big one so I think more people are getting an idea of what sexual abuse is they're starting to like the idea of consent is being talked about in mainstream media which I think is a really good thing and it's a it's a step in the right direction um I think with that though it's also teaching like people in their own relationships to have conversations about what they want and also like having the confidence to be like this is what I want um and being comfortable enough to have that conversation with your partner partner someone you just met whatever situation you want to proceed in um, and I think that's kind of the next step in uh, making sure that we're making consensual decisions 
And I remember like distinctly um, my undergrad year, I was coming back from the library, it was pretty late. And I was walking up the steps to my dorm and there was a girl and a guy and I noticed the girl was really drunk. And then the guy, you know, he was probably as drunk also, but um, she was kind of like, like her dress was almost coming off and he was, he was helping her. Um, but I also just got this vibe, like maybe I should intervene. Um, and then I asked her, I went up to her, I was like, hey, like, are you okay? Like, I can come take you to your dorm. Cause the guy was kind of trying to do that. Um, but he kind of spoke for her. And then, you know, I was, I was just 18. I was young. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, I'm sure it's fine. And I walked away, but thinking back, that's like, an, that's like a scenario that really, uh, bothers me because there's a very good chance that that kind of went the wrong way. Um, so it's, it's important to make sure that people also understand the situation that, you know, you're in. And I think that's where when drugs and alcohol come into the place, it's really hard to know if consent is present and how to go about that. So that's really why I wanted to talk about consent because it's a huge part of, um, it's a huge decision that you make. And like, it's really important that, you know, you're always talking through it and you feel comfortable enough to have that conversation. Yeah, no, that's so, so, so true. Like, thank you for sharing that, Mary. I think it's, it's interesting, right? Like all the different moments in our life when we look back and we realize, oh, like that's actually happening. I guess like, obviously we can't regret what's happened in the past. It's happened, it's happened. But I guess like when you look forward to the future, you're like, okay, yeah, like this is what I know I can do now if I were in the exact same scenario again. So, I mean, it's great that you've been able to recognize that and, you know, be conscious of, of what had happened then. Um, I love as well that you had mentioned about like just how, I guess the name of your organization, just how blurred uh, this can be <laughs> um, in terms of, in terms of like, you know, consent and how it's important to make sure like that's definitely provided and, and given um, in any scenario. Um, I guess, Madalena, like maybe you can jump in here and would love to understand like in Portugal, are you seeing like a similar movement that's happening over the last couple of years? Yeah, I think we, we are seeing this moving, this movement happening all around the world yeah. in, the, in the past few years. Um, I think uh, something that that um, is still a big fight here in Portugal is um, gender-based uh, violence. Uh, we each year we have about uh, forty. I, I don't want to say it wrong, but like forty uh, women that are dead um, and killed by um, their partner. Um, so this is really, really. Um, uh, shocking in in nowadays still because we each year is the same thing and it seems that we we can't do anything to to stop it but but well there are some things that we can we can do um and i think the first step is what Vinuri uh, was just saying that is uh, just spreading the, this this message um, that this is not right, you know. So if you have um, a comprehensive uh, sexual education, if and if you started in early ages, um, maybe you can prevent this in the future. And I think this is uh, something that is starting to happen now in Portugal, and that we are uh, starting to to see more, like raising awareness campaigns and and all of that. 
Hey, so that's so good to hear. And I mean, you're right. Like this is really a worldwide movement. Um, it's just interesting to hear like all the different country nuances. And I mean, that's a really, 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 really sad stat of what you mentioned. Like it's, it's sad that, you know, women have to be in these situations and it's great that there's like changes and movements being made. And um, I'm sure different like grassroots organizations are, you know, making a difference, but it's like, these are, you know, some mindsets that have been like there for generations. And it's like, how do you change something like this? Right. Um, so the movement there, things are changing. So it's good. Um, maybe- yeah. And just to, oh, sorry. Um, I was also just going to bring up, um, like how things are portrayed in media and even at a young age. And I bring this up because, so iCarly was like a Nickelodeon show in the US. Best show ever. <laughs> I love, and, I love, it. look at it. Miranda Cosgrove, love yes. her. <laughs> and it's, um, they put it, the Netflix has it on now. Like recently they started showing it on Netflix. So I've been re-watching it. And there's this one um, character in there. Um, his name's Neville, and um, he like, basically wow. wants. Like, yeah, he basically. Sorry, well, go ahead. The nerdy guy, was it? Yes, yeah. Neville, like the one with the web. So he has another competing website, and he wants Carly to kiss him. And if Carly kisses him, he's gonna write a good review of her website. And I remember watching this as a kid and I was like, oh, he's, he's annoying, he's mean, but it never registered that this is a form of sexual abuse, you know? And the fact that it was shown on TV on a kid's channel and just kind of, you know, I'm sure everyone was like, oh, Neville is mean, Neville is annoying, but the part about it actually being a form of abuse didn't register. So um, I was just, like it was just a moment where I was like oh wow like you really you know like even media does things that you know consciously or unconsciously that are kind of questionable so yeah, that was just a recent yeah so true like even just shows like that there's like I remember okay so Dan Schneider the founder of that the you know the mm-hmm. creator, he's a bit of a weird guy <laughs> like I don't know so he <laughs> has done some things um I think kind of like also a me too Harvey Weinstein situation um and he got kicked off Nickelodeon um (laughs) no joke I swear guys um I mean I think I mean don't quote me but I'm pretty sure they like let him go quietly because of like allegations that went against him um and like that's why Victorious kind of like just halted out of nowhere anyway random side note of like my obsession with Nickelodeon um but the yeah like that's so true even just in like there's yeah as a kid just in the way like Snow White didn't get consent to be kissed by the prince she was sleeping she could have loved to slept for the rest of her life but no she had to be woken up so like even just something like that right it's that's I mean technically when you think about it, it's abuse so it was so true like even media like all of this stuff is in green like from us from children of you know, the man is there who has the power and we're meant to be safe. Saves you. Yeah. Exactly. This is all the tropes that we need to, as women, <laughs> young generation, we'll destroy all of the patriarchy. <laughs> We're changing the video. No, that's why I love like um, shows like Frozen. I mean, not shows, movies like Frozen and like the new shows that are coming out. There's that new one with um, 
Princess Raya or something, the the Disney Plus one. I can't remember what was it called. I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's like, it, it just came out. But anyway, so that's like just all of these like different types of heroes that we need to see. Um, so it's good. good. Coming, coming just back to the idea of, of consent, um, you know, it's it's so important to be given. Maybe you can give our listeners, Veneri, like a couple of different ways that consent can be given very clearly um, and just like how, yeah, listeners can be able to do that within their partnerships and relationships. Yeah, I think um, the one I always talk about is enthusiastic consent because, you know, just because someone says like, yes, that's not enthusiastic. Enthusiastic is being like, yes, I really want to, like I'm excited about this and just actively showing like behaviorally and verbally that they want to be here with you. um, And, you know, that can be like a sexual activity or just like anything else that you do. Um, So, and I think in terms of measuring consent, the one thing I think that's really important to know is that just because someone says like, yes, I'm excited to do this. um, You have to like keep talking about consent as you progress and you can ask that in ways, it's really just a check-in, right? You can be like, are you enjoying this? Do you, is this pleasurable? you know, is it okay if I do this? Is it okay if I take your t-shirt off? Is it okay if I take your bra off? Um, So it's really just, you know, just a conversation to make sure that both people are actively participating and also um, communicating what they like and what they don't like and what they're comfortable with. Um, So like it goes hand in hand and also like encouraging people to be comfortable in what they want and allow them to explore their own bodies and finding that comfort level. Um, And the other piece is just, it's so simple. Just checking in that the person you're with actually wants to be here is actually enjoying this um, and giving them the opportunity to speak up if, you know, they're not. Yeah. Nice. And that's so true. And I love that you know, it's really just about just being a nice human, just making sure that the other person's okay and happy and, um, you know, enjoying it. And I think that that's like part of communication is just so important. So it's great that, you know, just having that enthusiastic um, concern is great. I love that, that phrase. Um, I mean, we've gone through such great topics today ladies I feel like we've had such a great discussion um global change makers I mean you guys have just been part of the um new course that's been released on menstruation reproduction and and sexual health um what has been your favorite experience of being part of like that course and why do you think our listeners should sign up for it it is free as well by the way team so how exciting even better free is my favorite number like (laughs) you can't go wrong (laughs) So maybe um, <laughs> so I can start. Um, I have to say that the, the best part um, is really, really um, building this together with um, 11 incredible women. Um, and it's a project that I believe in so much um, and that I believe that can really, really make the change and generate positive change um, in the world. Um, it's going to break taboos for sure. Um, And I think we can take big steps towards uh, gender equality. Uh, And with this promoting uh, global well-being um, and promoting health. (laughs) Like I said, that it was my passion. 
So um, I think we live in, in the era of, of information, uh, but um, when we think about it, the truth is that um, not all of the information available is reliable and not everyone has access um, or easy access to it. And I think this course tries to solve uh, both problems. So it brings reliable information and it brings free <laughs> and an easy access to, to this information. And I think it, it pu puts together uh, like a, a vase, vast curriculum uh, and it uses uh, this comprehensive approach um, on sexual education and it creates a safe space uh, for, for sharing ideas and information and to ask questions. And so I invite everyone that is listening to us to join us in this journey. Uh, regardless of whether they are women or men, uh, I think this is um, knowledge that everyone should should have, and I'm sure that everyone uh, is going to learn something with the course, and that they won't regret it. Couldn't have said it better myself. That is a great, nice, very nice little summary of of the course, and I love that you know, coming together with so many people around the world, 11 people, um, like that's amazing. And, and so good. Vinari, oh, well, how was your experience with it all? Yeah, so I think I echo everything Madalena said. Um, the core, and I think my favorite part of the course is the anonymous chat box. So you can go ahead and send your questions and our teachers will answer you and send you resources um, that we find. And I think the course is really an introduction into this important topic. And it's, um, and we really just want to kind of like, you know, help you guys kind of get on the right path when understanding your own bodies and like where to look for information from, which sources are reliable. Um, and as Madalena echoed, like in the world of technology, there's so many things out there. Um, so making sure you know kind of how to. Um, get accurate information. And then, you know, having medical professionals is so important. And that's another thing that I love about this course, um, because, you know, they're able to give you accurate information um, about your bodies from a scientific perspective that kind of breaks some of the cultural or societal rules around all of this. Um, and I think the other thing that I really love is that this is a course by women about women's bodies. And um, I've, there's just been so many times where someone who's not a woman has all these opinions on what it, what it means to be a woman, what is a healthy body standard. Um, and I had a similar interaction this week as well. So I'm really excited that women are taking kind of, you know, the initiative to talk about these issues and make their voices heard because no one knows better about what we go through than us. And I think that's really important. And, you know, we're just trying to find the space to say that and be respected um, for, you know, our, our own bodies and what we go through. So um, I think those are the things that really excite me about this course. <laughs> that sounds good. I love, um, yeah, I love exactly what you said around like just that it is made like for women by women the sources are reliable um and I didn't know that actually there was that anonymous feature that's quite cool um that's great because then like you know anyone whether they're female male um you know even like other gendered or non-binary like 
they can be able to ask if they have any questions and that's fantastic because at sometimes like you can feel quite ashamed or shy and feel like maybe it's a stupid question but actually there are no stupid questions and everyone's you know more than happy to help I'm sure so it's great to hear that that feature too um yeah and I I'm just so excited and, and glad that you guys have developed it I'm sure I can see there's a lot of work that's been put into it so very highly recommend um you know for the listeners um listening in to, to definitely download it so in the show notes we'll put um links to the to the course definitely um if any of the listeners also wanted to get in contact with you guys um how would they be able to do that Yeah, I mean, for me, LinkedIn or like even Instagram is fine. Um, You can do it through the Blurred Lines account or my own. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, if anyone has a question on any of these issues and wants to talk about it, I'm more than happy to get um, talk about it because, you know, that's part of like why we wanted to do this course is to talk to um, people about it and kind of have a conversation around it so more than happy to talk about it I love talking about this so I'm more than happy just thinking I guess like if anyone has any questions I can always reach out via the anonymous chat like in the in the course actually so that's easy um yeah. I'm if you had any other avenues if someone wanted to contact you I don't have anything yeah. Uh, but um, or in the in the anonymous chat that Vinuri just said, you can always um, leave your questions, and someone, some of the teachers will answer. If not me or Vinuri, um, some of the the other teachers will definitely answer your question. So yeah, we are more to than glad to to help. Amazing. That sounds good. I love that today we've been able to talk us very strong, very passionate, you know, motivated young women who are trying to make a difference in the world and honestly admire you both for the great work that you've done. So once again, thank you so much for being part of the podcast um, and hopefully we'll be able to see each other all very soon in wherever we are in the world, maybe once COVID's all over and we'll be able to meet in person. But yeah, once again, thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you, Anastasia. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Remember to help us create a greater impact by sharing this and encouraging everyone on your social media to take a listen. If you want to reach out, you can contact the hosts via podcast at global-changemakers.net or feel free to message us on Instagram at globalchangemakers and Twitter at wearegcm. We'll be very happy to talk to you and answer any questions. Remember to follow us and subscribe to this podcast. See you in the next episode. Take care.